Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey everyone, this is Michael Abernathy of the Times News, and I'm here with reporter Jessica Williams. Hey. Hey, Jessica. Jessica is working on a really fascinating story this week. Uh, it's going in Sunday's edition, um, and it's about specifically uh, provisionally licensed teachers and how many of them we have at uh, ABSS campuses and which campuses. Um, Jessica, tell us a little bit about what you're working with um, here and what you're trying to get to the, the bottom of. Sure. So um, this is all based on a conversation that was had at the Board of Education meeting on Monday. Um, the board requested a presentation from Don Madrin, who is the director of human resources, on the North Carolina teacher shortage and how ABSS has had to be creative in finding teachers to fill those positions. Um, so the presentation got started with uh, Ms. Madrin saying that across the UNC system, uh, enrollment in undergraduate education programs is down 41% since 2010. Um, mm. And that has kind of been the canary in the coal mine for the state um, because they have seen a huge reduction in the number of teachers coming to like recruitment fairs and, mm -hmm. and things like that. Um, That's a big number. That's a big drop. Yeah, and I read an article recently saying that it's ticked up a little bit. So I think maybe with what we've, with the focus on education lately, more people are starting to major in education again, but it's mm -hmm. still down. So there's this teacher shortage across the state. So they've had to turn to what's called provisional licensed teachers. And there are four different kinds of provisional licenses. Mm -hmm. um, the main two that the board was talking about was lateral entry, which is a three-year temporary license where um, anyone with a bachelor's degree and relevant experience can come in and like teach history or math, mm -hmm. um, but they have to get their full license within that three years. Right. So they're taking. So they're probably taking night classes and uh, and completing their their education degree. Yeah, and this is usually people from like the business community coming in to teach a course. And then the other one that they were dealing with is called permit to teach. It used to be called an emergency permit license. And that's just for anyone with a bachelor's degree to come in and teach for one year. And it used to be called emergency. And yeah. that, that seems to signal. Uh, and on the form that ABSS gave us, it still says emergency. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so that means what they have an emergency vacancy and they need, they really just need a body in this classroom. Pretty much. Yeah. Okay. So, um, as she's giving this presentation, um, board member Tony Rose interrupts and is like, Hey, I noticed that, um, this document that we, we received in closed session at the last meeting, um, that shows a breakdown of how many provisional teachers there are at each school wasn't, wasn't included in the presentation. And I thought that that's what we were going to be talking about because that's why mm -hmm. we requested this presentation. Mm -hmm. We wanted to talk about the inequity um, across the district of how many provisional teachers there are at certain schools and not others. 
So um, I'll go through kind of the numbers on that sheet. Um, I did finally get it. I asked for it on Monday night and didn't get it until Wednesday morning, but I have it now. So the highest number of provisional teachers is at Broadview Middle School, and they have 28. Now there are roughly 200 in the district, Mm -hmm. and Broadview has 28 of them, and that's very high compared to the other schools. Yeah, that's Um, more than 10%. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, most of the schools on this list have between zero and four. Mm-hmm. So to have 28 of them at one school is kind of crazy. Um, and that's what Tony Rose wanted to talk about um, because it's not that, I should say it's not that these teachers aren't qualified. A mm-hmm. lot of them are. Right. Um, I mean, you always have bad eggs. And certainly if you're looking for just a body to fill a classroom, it might not be the most qualified teacher. Um But the issue that Rose wanted to bring up was the um, teacher turnover rates that come with provisional licenses. So I was doing research. And so if you take lateral entry teachers, for example, um, since a lot of them are coming from the business community and are leaving higher paying jobs to take Mm -hmm. a position teaching at a school, after three years, they usually go back to their jobs. (laughs) I mean, they're not going to stay and continue teaching. Yeah. Um, what's the, what you mentioned a rate, I think before we, we... yeah. So for lateral entry last year, um, they had a little over 15% turnover rate. So that means, um, 15% of the teachers that were hired at the beginning of the year had Mm -hmm. left by the end of the year. Yeah. Um, and the, the regular teacher turnover rate last year was 8.7%. Okay. So it's almost double. Yeah. Okay. Um, And they did not have a rate for emergency permit teachers, but I imagine it's much the same. They only have to stay for one year. Okay. Do they have, and you may not know this, um, but do they have the option of staying more than one year if you're an emergency permit? I think it's a non-renewable license. I don't, don't quote me on that though. That's fine. Okay. Um, and the the turnover rate for just beginning teachers in general, teachers with less than three years of experience, was around 12%. So it's um, an issue of not being able to retain these teachers. So Broadview last year ended up losing 40% of its staff, which <laughs> That's is a, a lot. huge amount. And it's incredibly difficult to enact any kind of lasting positive change at a school if you're losing 40% right. of your staff every year. Right. And when you say, and when we say lasting positive change, I'm, I'm imagining that you're referencing a, a, a school culture. Yes. A shared uh, camaraderie. and Yes. And, so the superintendent, Bruce Benson, calls it workplace climate. Okay. You can't really do anything to change that if you're having such a high turnover every year. Yeah. Um, so the board kind of commented on that. And as I was, I was telling Michael earlier that this article has been really difficult for me to write because of the organization of it. Um, the discussion was kind of all over the place and there's a lot of background information mm-hmm. that you have to have just to understand like why this is happening. Um, how did Broadview end up with that many provisional mm-hmm. teachers in the first place? Yeah. And um, Wayne Beam, who is the newest board member, and he was a teacher and an administrator in ABSS for over 20 years before he came to central office, uh, basically laid out 
the background of it. He was like, Broadview is an F school. They got an F from the state last year. And teachers who are coming out of these universities with full licenses kind of have their choice of where they want to teach right now because it's an employee's market. Um, So a teacher with a full license isn't going to pick an F school that has kind of all of these underlying issues. Most likely not. Right. I, and I want to unpack that a little <laughs> bit, too, uh, that you've got a new teacher. You've got the choice. Anybody, anybody who has a choice of where they want to work, I guess there's a morale. Yeah. Right. So and you, there's a difference in the students and in the amount of resources and in mm-hmm. the amount of parent engagement um, at most of. Most of these F and D schools have uh, high numbers of students that come from low-income families, and they're Mm -hmm. receiving free and reduced lunch. Um, And that means that, um, you know, they're not having their needs met at home, probably. They're going to need their teachers more. They're going to rely on their teachers more to be counselors and coaches and maybe even parents. Yeah. Um, Whereas at an A or a B school, um, you've got kids that come from more uh, high-income families, and they they're you know they were read to as kids, so they already have that leg up. Um, they have more educational resources at home. They probably mm-hmm. go out to museums and summer camps more, and their parents are going to be more involved in the school and more more involved in their children's education. So it makes it a lot easier on teachers. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you're coming out of a university and you you have your choice of which school you want to go to, you're probably going to pick the one that has more resources and um, is going to be easier on you. And you might also get more money because, as Patsy Mm -hmm. Simpson pointed out, the state has been giving teachers bonuses based on test scores. Right. And that's that's federal, too. I mean, that was no child left behind. You get a bonus. Right. Um, Yeah. If 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 in, enough of your kids pass mm-hmm. pass the test, and if if they don't, then you don't. So I I, I feel like I got us off track. <laughs> no, but, you're fine. There's just like so much information. I don't even know where we were. <laughs> <laughs> Let's look at some of the numbers at some of the other schools too. We, we so we had spoken about Broadview Middle at East Lawn Elementary. We've got twelve total provisionally licensed. But yeah, and all actually, of those are VIF. What is VIF? Yeah, and I wanted to talk about that, so thank okay. you for bringing it up. Um, VIF is Visiting International Faculty, mm-hmm. and that is teachers coming from other countries to come teach at ABSS. The reason that Elon Elementary, for example, has so many, they have 10, is because it's a global school. And that's the program within the school where they're learning about the world. Yeah, and... Um, East Lawn, I think, has splash language immersion, Mm -hmm. so that makes sense, too. Um, So if you see high numbers of VIF teachers, they probably have a specialized program, which is why they're attracting so many. And then we move down the list. Uh, We've got Grand Middle, and they have three emergency permit and six lateral entry Mm -hmm. and a total of 12 provisionally licensed. Yep. Um, And Newland, uh, and I'm just hitting the high numbers here. Newland, um, they have seven emergency permit, four lateral entry, uh, and a total of 12 provisionally licensed teachers. They've got one VIF. Mm -hmm. Um, At Cummings High School, three emergency, six lateral entry, one VIF, two add-on provisional licensed. 
Do you know what that means? Yeah. Um, so that's the, the fourth category. And it's basically if you have a full license in one area, but you want to move to a different one. So like if you are licensed to teach elementary school and you want to go up to the middle school level, mm. ah, you okay. might get an add-on provisional license yeah. while you're trying to finish your coursework for that license. Yeah. At Turrentine, they have nine lateral entry, one VIF, uh, and a total of 10. That's a total of 10 provisionally licensed teachers. And Newland and Turrentine, I say in the article, um, are both uh, D schools in, okay. with the state performance grades. And they were the ones that had the second highest number of emergency permit teachers and then the second highest number of lateral entry. Uh, did Did anybody on the board, was it brought up about how this might perpetuate a cycle because that's what I jumped to that conclusion in my head but I don't know if anybody was went that far at the meeting yeah I mean um, when Benson was talking about Broadview losing 40% of its staff he was basically saying that it's perpetuating it's it's Mm self-perpetuating and that you can't enact any kind of change if you're losing that amount of teachers in a single year so you lose staff and then in trying to hire new staff, you can't get the teachers that you need. And then mm-hmm. you end up hiring more provisional teachers and then they end up leaving again. So it's incredibly difficult to uh, make any kind of change at those schools. And he said, you know, it's not a matter of being able to just redistribute teachers across the district. Um, you can't take the teachers that are fully licensed that are teaching at like South Mebane and force them to go to Broadview, you have to find a way to make Broadview attractive mm-hmm. to fully licensed teachers. Did they talk about how to do that? Yeah. So they, the board bounced around a bunch of different solutions. Um, Pam Thompson said, you know, we need to give Don Madrin a travel budget so she can go directly to universities and, and recruit mm-hmm. education majors. Um, and they talked about possibly offering incentives to teachers um, yeah. who agree to teach at these um, low-performing schools for a certain amount of years. And so that's money, That's right? Right. That's extra money. And um, Tony Rose was saying, you know, we're coming up on budget season, so maybe it's time to start including these things in our proposed budget. Um, and then... Don Madrin, when she did get to finish the presentation, because <laughs> the board kind of got off track for yeah, for a they, while talking yeah. about this, um, she had uh, solutions laid out that the district is already doing. So one of them was um, changing hiring practices so that they're hiring teachers for the whole district and not one school. Um, so they're trying to get like a pool mm-hmm. of teachers. And I mean, they can't force them to teach at a certain school. They can't? I don't think so. Interesting. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, Um, but they can at least start hiring them to come to ABSS and and making it... So Benson keeps saying that we need to become a school system instead of a system of individual schools. Okay. So they're trying to change the way that they hire so that it's not so individualized. And then another part of that is that um, Benson has brought this thing called the total rewards model to the table, which is 
when you're trying to hire teachers, instead of just saying, here's the compensation and here's the benefits you're going to get, you include all of the different benefits that ABSS offers. So we have a really unique teacher leadership academy. Oh, right. And that could be something that would draw in more teachers. Um, We have these schools with specialized programs like A plus arts, splash language immersion, global immersion. Um, and that's unique to our district. I mean, other districts have them, but it's not all across the state. Yeah. Um, so basically advertising the things that are unique to ABSS that not every other school system in the state or even the country has Mm -hmm. to try and draw in more teachers because the compensation alone isn't doing it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's statewide and nationwide. Right. Exactly. So it wasn't all just, um, squawking about a problem <laughs> they i mean right yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm being facetious there but there they did they did get down to what are we going to do about this yeah and i mean that was what many of the board members said they were like let's not kick this can down the road another year mm-hmm. we have to do something right now to start addressing this issue otherwise it's just going to keep happening so this seems, uh, and I apologize, Jessica, I'm going to dump this on you. This seems like an opportune moment for me to talk about the fact that before I uh, got into journalism and was able to get my foot in the door in journalism, I was a lateral entry teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, I did uh, the end of, of one year as a sort of a permanent substitute. There was a teacher that uh, became ill. And so I took over. It was a eighth grade history class. And that was great. And I had a great time. The kids were great. Um, And uh, I said, well, maybe I'll teach. Right. And so I became a lateral entry for the next year. And because I had a journalism background, I was teaching language arts, eighth grade. It was it was a difficult, really, really difficult year. Um, And I will say and it's not because my enthusiasm was low. Uh, I was really excited. I love to read. and I love to write. Um, and so I was really excited about the subject matter, really excited about the things that we got to read. Uh, but I didn't have the experience. I didn't have the experience with classroom management. Right. Um, you're looking at a room full of sometimes 30 uh, kids uh, and you're trying to give attention to each one of them. It's really, really, it's so hard. It's so much harder than you'd ever think it would be. Yeah. Um, and then uh, the other teachers on my team were also uh, new to public schools. They had taught in private schools, but they were new to the public school system. So we were all, we were just lost, yeah. you know, and I feel, I look back and I, and I feel bad for the kids um, because I've, we, we really had to lean on uh, other teachers and they pair you with a mentor, um, and they do that for all new teachers. Uh, and so that was a help, but you're in there alone. Yeah. You know? Um, and that was another thing that Don Madden talked about is they have this federally funded, um, program for new teachers. Um, to, to like you said, pair them with mentors and try and give them some support. Um, but even with that, I mean, having experience in the business community and knowing the subject you're teaching Mm -hmm. doesn't always translate into being able to teach it when you're dealing with these students that might have, you know, issues at home or, or are acting out. Yeah. 
understand. Or just general being kids. Uh, right. Right. How do I, you know, you're annoying everybody in the room. Could yeah. you stop doing that? <laughs> you have to stop. You have to stop teaching to say, hey, stop doing that. Yeah. You know, please stop beating your head on the wall. Yeah. You know, whatever it is. Um, why, you know, why are you putting gum on the wall? That was the big one. Like my kids love to stick their gum on the wall and they weren't supposed to have gum anyway. Uh, let's back up. <laughs> I'm so glad we have this perspective. <laughs> but I mean, it's just the little things that you never imagine anyway. Right. Yeah. Sorry. I know. Um, so I feel for, I, I feel for the kids, mm-hmm. I, I, but I certainly feel for the faculty and staff Yeah. Uh, at these schools because they're doing the best they can. I, yeah. I really feel that nobody and, and no one is putting down lateral entry teachers or emergency permit teachers. I mean, Tyrona yeah. Hooker, who is the executive director for Alamance Achieves, um, was a lateral entry teacher for Grand Middle School and went on to become the teacher of the year in mm-hmm. 2011, 2012. Yeah. So, I mean, there are some great lateral entry teachers and, and I'm sure there are great emergency permit teachers, too. But for the most part, there's a very high turnover and and they need support. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, I also feel for the administrators. Yeah. You know, uh, that goes for the, the principals and the, and the, even the central office who are just trying to figure out and the board trying to figure out how to fix this. Cause, um, teacher turnover is a problem everywhere. Yeah. And it's not really an easy fix either. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. especially when you don't have the funding that you need. So everybody, you can you can read Jessica's story uh, Sunday. It'll probably be up Saturday night at, on our website, and um, you should check it out. It's there's a lot of interesting numbers. Um, we're trying to break it down into some into some charts and graphs, yeah. so you can kind of compare things. Yeah, the story will be more organized than my rambling was here. I promise. Yeah, and I also <laughs> won't be interjecting into the story to take us off course. So. Um, Anyway, thanks everybody for listening and thank you for reading and look out for Jessica's story on Sunday. And thank you, Jessica. Thank you. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.